Support for this podcast comes from Davis Malm. If you're a buyer, seller, investor, or lender, Davis Malm attorneys know each deal has unique needs and requirements. Building client relationships one transaction at a time. More at davismalm.com. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M dot com. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR senior political reporter Anthony Brooks. Welcome to The Common. Hey, it's great to be here, Daryl. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anthony, uh, you've been working on a series called Third Act, which is out now. And it tells the stories of people who are reinventing themselves later in life. What brought you to this project? I'm very interested in it. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I guess about 15 years ago, you know, I started paying attention to stories about people who managed to reinvent themselves in interesting, even inspirational ways late in life. And had to do with a couple of things. You know, I'd gone through a health scare. My dad died. And and, and those things sort of felt like flashing yellow lights of middle age, right? The, the, mm. these, these reminders that there's more of life behind you that, that, than ahead of you. And so mm. I started just thinking about the best way to live out what was left. And then, you know, Daryl, I've got this sort of restless spirit. 40 years in public radio, and I keep asking myself, what am I going to do when I grow up? Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so this led me, this curiosity drew me to people like Tom Andrew, one of the people that I um, profiled in this series, he'd had a full career as a medical doctor, including 20 years as New Hampshire's chief medical examiner. Then he retired. He'd had enough of it. He enrolled in seminary school, became a Methodist deacon, a youth pastor. And now at 67, he ministers to his local Boy Scout troop in New Hampshire, and he's found new purpose in life. Here's a little bit of what he told me about that. You know, what does late in life mean anymore? 60 is the new 50. I'm re reasonably healthy. It's not just me. I mean, this is a phenomenon that we're seeing all across this nation. He's right about what he says. Every day, 10,000 baby boomers reach retirement age, but lots of them aren't ready to stop working, either because they can't afford to, or like Tom Andrew, they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that line, 60 is the new 50. Do you feel like people's perceptions about aging are changing in our society? Well, I think in a way the answer is yes, and it has to do with some interesting facts. Um, I heard from a guy named Richard Johnson. He, he works at the Urban Institute on Retirement Policy. And he said that if you look at someone age 65 or older now, that person is 75% more likely to be working than someone who was in the same age group a generation ago. He says the aging of America is not the crisis often portrayed in the media and even in some scholarly papers. Instead, he says it represents an enormous opportunity because seniors are healthier, better educated, and more productive than ever. 
And finally, we're living longer than we did a generation ago. A hundred years ago, average life expectancy in the United States was 47 years. Now it's close to 80 years. So we've got this extra 30 years to sort of think about. And I'm finding and learning, and that's what this series is about, is that a lot of people are doing some really interesting things with these extra decades of life. Yeah, Anthony, I wonder if all of this is the result of people reframing youth. I'm wondering if there's this attitude of feeling like, oh, man, just because I hit a number in my life, that doesn't mean I have to stop. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's really important. And I like the way you asked the question, you know, are we reframing youth? Because what I came across in this series um, was the idea that we're not so much reframing youth as reframing the traditional idea of middle age. But I talked to a woman named Barbara Waxman. She's a gerontologist, a life coach, and she's come up with this concept called middlescence, which, like adolescence, is this transitional period late in life. And like adolescence, middlescence is full of tumult, it's full of possibility, it's full of transition. And she says something really key is that we're living longer, but it doesn't mean we're old longer. It means we've got this extended midsection of life. We've got sort of two or three extra decades to think about. And that's very much sort of exemplified by some of the stories that I looked into for this series. Hmm. So yeah, tell us about some of the people you talked to. I know you just mentioned Tom Andrew. Yeah, right. So besides Tom Andrew, I spoke to Natalie Jones. She's 76 now. She grew up working class in Boston with the belief that she wasn't smart enough to go to college. She ended up a single mom, two sons on her own, doing sort of odd jobs to make ends meet. But then at the age of 59, she just decided to go back to college, and she did. And she earned a master's degree in social work. She began a new career uh, in social work and plans to keep working well into her 80s. And, And here's a little bit of what Natalie Jones told me. You know, like I just got a new client that's 93 years old. I love hearing their stories and hearing what they struggle with and then trying to help them see a different way changing their narrative. And another person I spoke to, uh, Daryl, was Juliana Richardson, a graduate of Harvard Law School. She left her career in corporate law in her late 40s and then struggled through a classic midlife crisis. And by that, I mean, she just wasn't sure what she wanted to do. She had always wanted to be in the arts, but her dad had pressured her to go to law school. Corporate law wasn't her thing. But in thinking about what to do next, she went back to this sort of question she had as a young girl growing up in the small town of Newark, Ohio, where she was literally literally the only black kid in her class and really felt this lack of black history, of her history. And that stayed with her her whole life. So in this moment of of figuring out what to do next in her life, she set up something called the History Makers, which has recorded and assembled thousands of video histories of black Americans, from athletes like Ernie Banks to artists like Maya Angelou to politicians like Barack Obama. And uh, these interviews are now accessible through the Library of Congress. So it was a huge accomplishment. And um, here's a little bit of what Juliana Richardson said about that. You know, you get at a point where you start asking, what is going to be your leave behind? You know, what did you do in your life that was, you know, significant? 
If we do this right, it will be something that hopefully makes society a richer place. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we are back with more from Anthony Brooks. You know, a- another uh, group of folks you talked about was this all woman's band from the 60s. Right. Ace of Cups. Walk that line every day. I don't think I'm going to get away. What I say. I really thought their story was interesting because. They were this band that got a lot of acclaim. I mean, uh, Jimi Hendrix was giving them props, you know. They were That's out right. there doing their thing in San Francisco and and tearing it up. And then for whatever reason, the politics of the music industry, sexism and all of that, right, kind of put a halt to that. No, yeah, no, you, you set them up really well. They had a very popular following. And, and in the space of just a few years, they disappeared. And here's mm. the thing. They never recorded an album. And then 50 years later, half a century later, they get together to do some gigging and a record producer named George Wallace from High Moon Records discovers them and just says, oh my God, you guys need to record. They figured out how to connect with their passion late in life, this passion that they'd been carrying around for a very long time. Yeah. While all this is great to hear and to know that older folks are taking a different stance on their life and what they're able to do. You know, there are some people who can't stop working and they have to keep going. So there's that side where people are dealing with financial struggles as they age. Did you talk to anybody who was going through that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Natalie Jones sort of speaks to that issue because you make a really good point. Some of these stories definitely are about people who have the education and the financial wherewithal to sort of say late in life, hey, I want to stop doing X and start doing Y. But you're right. It's an important thing to consider. And we have to think about it as a society. How are we supporting older people? How are we supporting older people who have done physical labor, for example, all their lives and yeah. have to keep on working whether they like it or not? That becomes a, a much more difficult situation. What can younger generations take away from these stories? Because and I'm thinking about younger millennials and Gen Z. Sure. The first thing I'd say that if we're lucky, if, you know, young dudes like you, Daryl, grow older, you know, here's a chance to learn something about the road ahead from wise people who have traveled it because wisdom matters. But here's the most important point that I sort of came across. People who feel that they have purpose in life live longer. And that's according Mm. to a growing body of research. A recent study out of Canada found that people with a sense of purpose had a 15% lower risk of death compared to those who said they were aimless or or didn't feel, you know, really connected to the world around them. So these third act stories are about people who chose different paths to stay connected Mm -hmm. to the world and passionate about being alive. And that's something that I think benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony, before we go, I got to ask you, how are you thinking about your third act? You know, <laughs> are there any any hobbies that you want to take on or any dreams you want to revisit? You know, being able to carry a microphone around and sort of satisfy my curiosity and walk up to people and ask them questions about what makes them tick and what keeps them going and how they view the world is something that I find incredibly rejuvenating. So for now, I'm Mm. really happy with what I'm doing. But yeah, I've got some ideas for a third act. Give us one. Give us one. Well, I have always loved the outdoors. Uh, Mm. I'm a a good skier. I like going into the backcountry. You know, is there some role where I could do backcountry ski guiding at some point? I love to cook. I'm passionate about food. I'm not so stupid to think that I would have the energy or the capacity to run a restaurant. But I'd like to get involved <laughs> in the food game in some creative way at some point yeah. in my life. So so that's something that I think and dream about. Oh, man. Well, I mean, those all sound pretty dope to me. And, I'm, and I know you can make it happen. <laughs> but it's also good to know you're still enjoying your second act. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. So, yeah, Anthony, I got to say... This has been a pleasure and, you know, gives me a lot to think about and a lot to look forward to as well. So I I really appreciate you coming through to the common and talking to us about this. It's been my pleasure, Daryl. Thanks for your interest. I'm, I'm really grateful to you. That's WBUR senior political reporter Anthony Brooks. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. Hey, let us know how you're thinking about your third act. If you are at all, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. And with that, I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.